and feel how you can become this portal, this conduit between the earth energy and the star energy. Hello and welcome to Fuck Yeah, the podcast where we say fuck yeah to sex magic. I'm your co-host Robin and I'm here with my bright shining star of a co-host, Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Oh, are you trying to butter me up? You're glowing. I feel like you're glowing. (laughs) I'll take it. I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, but I have also been doing a very kind of cleansy time. Mm. I'm totally alcohol free. I'm sugar free. I'm doing all kinds of things from not quite the beginning of the year, but for a while now. And it does feel like I'm just at that turning point of like, oh, it's not feeling hard. Like I'm actually feeling it flow in my body. So thank you for noticing. Yeah. Maybe that's the glow that I'm noticing. Yeah. 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 It's showing. So uh, do you have any fuck yes this week? I do. This is our last episode of season one. Mm-hmm. And I have all kinds of feels about it. And so it is a fuck yeah for me on a couple different levels. I think one that we did are doing are in the process of the damn thing. And I feel really proud about that. I feel like it totally plays into our topic today, which is about magic. And I, I think magic can't happen without action. And I think we've put this vision in it's manifested. Yeah. We have put action behind it and we have done it. And I'm, so proud and excited about that. I was thinking about that the other day that, I mean, it's 20 fucking episodes. Yeah. It's a lot of work to do it. And yes. it's entirely being funded by passion. Yes. Yeah. We put our heart and our muscle into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I think we make a great podcast. I really enjoy it. And I think it sounds nice when I re-listen to it and I'm, I, I agree with your fuck yeah. I can you, chime in with your fuck yeah and be like, you yeah, can concur. I, I'm happy for us. I, I concur. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I think we make a really good team. I love yeah. the podcast as well. I haven't, like, maybe once I've had a cringy moment and that's mm-hmm. it, you know? And I, so I feel really good about it. And I also, at the same time, in like that balance harmony principle, I'm glad we're going to be taking a break. Mm -hmm. And so that's like equal parts. Fuck yeah. For me of like my life when we started, this was just structured really differently. I've taken a really big job with Love Honey, which is an awesome sex toy retailer, lovehoney.com. People should go check it out. It's like a lot of work to do a podcast, a full-time job, single momming and, you know, other projects that we work on as like hustles. And so I can't, I'm so excited about that moment of rest and for us to come back together and then revision and set our intentions for season two. And like that whole part of the process being just as valuable as the like production mode period of time. Yes. 
Yeah. So I'm so excited we do it. And I'm so excited to take a break from it. And I'm so excited that we're going to come back and do it again. Yeah. We're just doing the thing. Yeah. Oh, I did want to mention something before we get into it too much. Yeah. In the last episode, I, in my poem that I had read, my spoken word, Mm -hmm. I had said, (laughs) there was a line that was, I have got so much clit, I don't need no balls. And you really liked that line and I did too. And I was like, wow, I, did I really come up with that? And then as the week went on, I realized, no, that's from a song. I was really into L7, still love L7. I don't want to take credit for that. (laughs) I, I changed it slightly to make it possessive, but that line is the last line in Fast and Frightening which is all about a, you know, hard-ass, cool woman. And that's the last line. She's got so much clit, she don't need no balls. And it is an awesome, I re-listened to it. It's an awesome fucking song. It's so hard. They were so rough. And I really appreciated that about them. And I think a lot of my persona at that time came from idolizing them and particularly Donita Sparks. So I just want to give a shout out to L7, my riot girl, hard feminist roots. I love them. I don't want to take credit for that wonderful line. It should all go to them. Fast and frightening. Fuck yeah to L7. I just recently got tickets to the band that was that for me. It wasn't quite my teen years. I wasn't cool enough yet, but by college, I got way cooler in my music taste and would see La Tigra live Mm, all the time in Portland. And uh, I'm fucking going to La Tigra this summer. And I'm yes. so excited. I can't oh wait. Oh my God. I want to go yeah. to La Tigra. Where are they playing? They're playing at the Greek. Oh. And all, right. all over the world, y'all. There's still tickets in many oh locations. Go get your La Tigra tickets. <laughs> Speaking of powerful feminists, our guest today, I am, I cannot fucking wait. Witch Wild, our favorite witch. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about sex magic, which is something that I have only ever so slightly touched on. And so I am so I have so many questions. Yes. And I had a very magical experience with them and and Max. So we're going to talk a little bit about that also. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Okay, let's get into it. We're really excited to get witchy with you. Oh, good. We have a few questions that we ask everybody at the top, though. So okay. I'm just going to throw it your way. What is the last picture on your phone? The last picture on my phone was from last night from Imbolc, the ceremony. I want to hear about this. I just heard what Imbolc is. Sarah already knew. But could you describe what that is? Yeah, just briefly... Um, it's the midpoint between solstice and equinox. There are lots of cultures that celebrate this midpoint. And it is the igniting of the seed. It's really the first inklings of spring. It's when the first babies are being born and the seed is starting to go. Hmm, it's time to grow. So it's often associated with desire because after the long winter's lull, beginning of mating season, if you will. You know about this, Sarah? I did. I mean, I think that the solstice points of the year are much better 
known, but it was probably a few years ago that those, is it like quarter years is kind of how we think of them compared to mm-hmm. the Gregorian calendar. They're like much juicier than the um, than some of the other celebrations we have, I well, feel because like. because most of them have been co-opted. So they were mm-hmm. pagan rituals and then Christians couldn't get the pagans to stop celebrating. So they just adopted them. So, you know, like Christmas and Um, Easter is a really funny one for me because Easter eggs and Easter bunnies and most Christians don't think about the fact that it's fertility and how does that relate to the death? And I mean, it does in terms of the rebirth of Christ, right? And Christ energy, but the Easter eggs and the bunnies are very clearly fertility. right? Um, And that is spring equinox or Astara. What's the last podcast you listened to? The last podcast? Oh, I listened to Jessica Lignato. Uh, Ghost of a podcast. She's my favorite astrologer. And uh, so I listen to her weekly. I love it. She's so sassy. I love her. I know. And so grounded the triple Capricorn that she is. (laughs) Pragmatic woo. (laughs) I love a bit of pragmatic woo. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Who was your first celebrity crush? I think it was Farrah Fawcett. I love that. I actually, my parents bought me the t-shirt of her with her nipples sticking out, you know, what? Like from the 70s. Like, so I had this little kid t-shirt with their Farrah Fawcett with like her nipples po- poking out. It's very iconic image of her. Yeah. I, I would love to see you in that t-shirt. <laughs> me too. Like, what was it about Farrah Fawcett? I, you know, maybe it was Charlie's Angels. I think it was maybe that they were these wild women like chasing and down criminals in their sexy way and kind of empowered women to some degree. I mean, when we look back at it, it's clearly created by men, you know, for men in a way, but also there was this empowerment aspect and, um, you know, it was right around the same time that Wonder Woman, the Bionic Woman were happening. And so Mm -hmm. we were getting a lot of that sort of power women yeah yeah i love that what was your first mode of masturbation you know i actually didn't touch myself till for many years kind of growing up christian i mean wasn't devout or anything but just with the idea but when i was in sixth grade we found a porn novel and it was i remember like squeezing my cooch over Mm -hmm. and like you know till it started fluttering so that would probably have been my first masturbatory experience. Wow. So just flexing. Just flexing and it would just sort of flutter. And, and I remember as a little kid waking up in the morning and sometimes I'd have a little fluttering down there. Yeah. So, yeah. And who was the we? Who is, who, you said we found oh, okay. a porn novel. <laughs> yeah. And where did you find it? <laughs> Do you remember what it was about? <laughs> um, I don't remember the content. Um, my best friend, actually, it was her birthday yesterday and she passed away a few years ago. Um, so it's nice to think of her right now. There was a hotel somewhere near and they had a vending machine that sold random things. And one of the random things that they sold in the vending machine, now it's the seventies, right? So there's Mm -hmm. no video, were these porn novellas and they were raunchy, Mm. super raunchy. Like I got a pretty deep indoctrination because nobody ever told me about sex. I learned about sex from Judy Bloom and these porn novels. Wow. So thankfully there was a balance there because at least (laughs) Judy Blooms were a little more educated. Yeah, I wish there were still these vending machines around on your book, right? (laughs) I want to go get myself some of these porn novels. I spent my summers with my grandmother and she was an avid romance novel 
reader and and reading the romance novels in my preteen years was really fun and felt very naughty. So Max and I had the great honor of you guiding us in a sex magic ceremony. And we did a lot of prep for that that I really enjoyed. You had me make some sigils mm-hmm. um, specifically for the the practice. And then we met up at our good friend's dungeon. And gosh, I, I was doing ecstasy. So it's hard for me to remember certain things. I'm sure you remember it much more crisply than I do. But you guided us through, I remember we were sitting back to back on this wonderful bench that you brought. And I believe you tied us up when we were like that. And you did this kind of um, embodiment, verbal guidance of like, I remember we were bringing up the energy from the core of the earth and then shooting it up through our bodies and into the heavens. Mm -hmm. You're going to be better. (laughs) I'm realizing how little I remember. (laughs) I mean, I remember the feeling was so bonding. It was like a really wonderful bonding experience. And then it just led into this kind of really fluid, loose, kind of wet, juicy sexual experience. And then as soon as we were like at height, high juicy, you were like, okay, bye. Thank you. I enjoy Oh, you, you closed out the ceremony and then you left us to our own devices. And it was really magical. Mm-hmm. Um, can you like kind of guide through like what that was? Cause I'm really not doing such a great job. No, that's okay. Um, well, the first experience that you talked about is what we call in witchcrafts grounding and centering. Mm -hmm. So it's really like creating the channel between the earth and the cosmos, right? Mm. So you ground down into the core of the earth and you bring that earth energy up and then you channel that through your heart and through your energy portals. I use energy portals rather than, rather than the word chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, so you channel it through your energy portals and then out into the stars and then you bring star energy. And as we say, you remind yourself that you're a channel between the earth and the cosmos. Um, mm. So that's that was the opening. And then generally after that is an intention setting. And I know that you created an intention. That's right. Because that's a really important part of sex magic work, right? Like where are we bringing this energy and you were really channeling it into your family. Right. Right. You wanted to just really bring that energy towards, you know, harmony and prosperity in your family and health and all of those things, which was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then circle casting happens, uh, creating sacred space. And that's, you know, that's one of the key components. And many, we can talk about the many ways that sacred space, but because I'm a witch, I am very formal about it. So I call the corners and the above right. and the below. And really call on those energies of the elements and the directions. And then, yeah, I put you on the bench and I bonded you back to back. And then we went through the energy portals. I believe that we did the sounds, which are tantric sounds of, you know, lum, vum, yum, hum, and om. And, you know, it's a way of, again, getting energy moving. And I think that we also had you sort of imagine that they were blending, where these energies are harmonizing between the two of you. And then, yeah, and then uh, I think think we went to the sigil and you actually painted the sigils on each other. Right. Um, And then it got a little randy. Then it got Um, randy. It's all coming back to me now. In a way, I feel like... The reason I'm having difficulty describing it, I mean, partly there was like some other things involved, but it was almost like a lot of a subspace feeling. Mm-hmm. And you also do doming. I think there's this combination 
or one informing the other in that kind of situation. Like it was really an orchestrated event that got me and I think Max also into a trance-like state. That's what I was going to say. I mean, at best, it's a trance-inducing state, right? Mm -hmm. Because then we are open and we are more in our body and more less thinking, less pragmatic and more in that liminal space, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yes. And that's the great thing about having a guide, right? Is that you get to kind of let go into that and trust that I'm going to take you someplace or someone's going to take you someplace. Yeah. Um, And you very like delicately (laughs) dropped us off in this very, (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like velvet, you know, like a very soft, cushy kind of, I don't know, vaginals type space. (laughs) For people who don't know what, this might be some folks first introduction to sex magic how would you I mean how is it different from any other magic that someone might practice or engage with well I mean there's certainly magic is magic right it's creating energy to send towards intentions manifestations um, into yourself um, somehow directing energy the difference would be just using your orgasmic energy, your power of your sexual energy, which is incredibly powerful, which is why most religions want to shame us about it, because it is the path to sovereignty and vitality, prosperity, feelings of well-being, mm-hmm. self-empowerment. And when people are empowered and sovereign, they're very hard to rule. Yeah. <laughs> so sex magic is that. It's, it's you know, using the elements of magic and then combining them with orgasmic energy and it's seen as an alchemical manifestation, right? So two energies coming together and that can be, you know, partners or it could be you and a spirit lover, you and some other energy entity that you call in and a third entity is made, right? So we would think of that traditionally as being a child, mm-hmm. but that child can be your project or your intention or your health or your healing or things like that. So, you know, an incredible amount of energy is created when we're having orgasm into the process of that. And we usually just kind of let it dissipate, right? We're like, oh, that feels good. And just sort of sit in the pleasure of it. But I actually think that sometimes, particularly I think with women or people that have a different kind of orgasmic, inner orgasmic experience, that sometimes when we are over, even though it was delicious and pleasurable and we maybe had orgasm, there's always a little bit of like, is there something else there? Hmm. Like there's a little, like there's a little hint, at least for me, there was, you know, there was mm-hmm. this like, feel like there's something more that we're not getting. And then, you know, over the years of study of different spiritualities and sexual techniques and technologies, I started discovering that something more for me and that love and pleasure are not enough for me hmm. all of the time that I need to go to a whole other dimension, right? And access other energies and use this as sort of my orgasmic spaceship or something. Wow. All right. So I feel like I'm hearing two different things, not contradictory, of course, but there's one, the using sex magic or or experiencing sex magic as a way to emphasize magic for your intentions. Like you set an intention and you can really like juice that up with your sex power, right? right? And then there's also this idea of using of sex magic, putting you into a different kind of plane of existence. Right, right. Yeah. Like a shamanic kind of thing. Right. Like more of a shamanic 
experience. Um, and, and they can kind of go together, right? Or they could be separate experiences depending on what your intention is. Right. And do you think of it as serving the purpose of healing or for you, does it just have value just in and of itself that like total up-leveling of your pleasure experience being being objective? It's different depending on maybe what moon cycle or what time of year or what's going on with me or my level of energy and just, you know, uh, or if I have a project that I want to send something to or there's a social justice issue or anything, you know, and sometimes it's channeling it into my heart or channeling it into my power and just healing that way as well. And it really can be used for anything in, in essence and has been used for nefarious reasons as well, right? I don't know it firsthand, but, you know, many people believe that kind of left-handed magic or dark magic stuff is also often sex magic work. So it can be used however one is inclined. The longer you practice, the more areas that you'll want to try and discover and that will also be channeled to you, right? So like, I don't always just think of it. I kind of ask spirit, like, where are we going? What are we doing with this? So how do you go about that if you're wanting to ask spirit where you're going? And then how do you ask the question, and then what happens? For me, I'd probably do a short meditation okay, um, before and just like sit and start my meditations like I, I usually do, which is calling in spirit and sort of great mother energy. And, and then I would just say, what's important right now? Where should I allow this energy or direct this energy towards for my life? And, you know, images come up or ideas come up because I'm just taking a time. I mean, I would say most of the time I have an idea of what I want to do with it, mm-hmm. um, but not always. And sometimes I just channel it down into the earth because the earth needs so much healing. That's so interesting. We've been talking a lot on the podcast about embodiment. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is taking the idea of embodiment into this spiritual universe level, taking the like a real embodiment experience like orgasm and going into the astronomical, literally... <laughs> size. You're talking about the earth and, and the universe. I mean, that's yeah. next level. Yeah. Like yeah. sometimes I imagine that I'm consorting with Mars or Venus, wow. you know, things like that. So taking it to that level. Yeah. Wow. That's really exciting. Oh, it's really, <laughs> no, it's, it's like you just, I don't know, like it, it, I haven't thought about it on that level. I'm really trying to now in my life, get outside of the patriarchal structure. And that feels very like, oh, I'm getting into this new level with my sexuality. But what you're talking about, it's like, holy shit, I'm just trying to get into my body, but then to get into your body to the point where you're shooting out of your body. Yeah, where it becomes a vessel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How were you called to this work? Well, I mean, it's in my astrology, first of all. So, okay. <laughs> you were born to do uh, this. <laughs> I was, I, according to my astrologers, and now that I understand my chart, absolutely. And not only called to it in a personal exploration, but called to it to take it to the public, bring it to people. Yeah, I have my Mars and Scorpio in the fifth house, which is kind of sex for procreation. But, you know, Mars is there and it's a Scorpio. So he's like, well, let's get it on in a deep and dark way. 
And then my son and my Mercury are in the eighth house, which is the house of sex, death, and rebirth, which is really my work. So I call myself an eighth house witch. And then my Venus is in Aries in the 10th house. And she very much wants, she's like a warrior energy Mm -hmm. and very much wants to bring it to the public because the 10th house is like your career and Mm. your public offerings. The last astrologer actually said, when I look at your chart, if this were a thing, you would have been a priestess in a temple and people would have come to you and learned the mystery, the sexual mysteries, the mysteries of death. You, you definitely know? give me priestess vibes, <laughs> for sure. Well, in my, in the witch tradition that I was, uh, you know, trained, we call it priestessing mm-hmm. instead of being a priestess. I mean, so, you know, I'm telling you that what she told me, but I don't see myself as a priestess. I do priestess things like I priestessed involved last night, but with other, you know, people. So we were all priestessing mm-hmm. the ceremony. Not that I judge people that use the term priestess, but for me, that's just a label that feels a little... It feels a little gendered for you. It does feel gendered. Thank you. I appreciate that as well. (laughs) Um, But um, it's just, I don't know, monikers like that too, you know, they come with a certain amount of responsibility and maybe some, you know... Hierarchy. Yeah, maybe Mm -hmm. something like that, right? I'm I'm not really looking to do that. I really want to be a leader amongst leaders. Mm -hmm. I want to be egalitarian mm-hmm. situation so I also have always thought of magic as being sort of the alchemy of intention the container that you create and also action absolutely if you're going to create a magical container you have to be prepared to act upon the changes that are going to come out of that experience in that container and so priestessing to me also as a verb, it's very sort of, it's an action that you take rather than mm-hmm. like a title that you hold. So yeah. I feel like that's sort of a magical reframing of that concept. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did anyone introduce you to magic or you just discovered it on your own? You studied it or? Yeah, I mean, I've just always been kind of a spiritual seeker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my early 20s, I got into sort of Taoism and that sort of, you know, Eastern. And that's really Taoism was one of the first places that introduced me to magical practice. I don't know if it, the book that I read wasn't really magical, but it was more sexual practices and techniques and ways to heighten your orgasm and in turn create vitality and longevity. So a lot of times the Taoist practices are around longevity and vitality. They believe that your sexual energy is your jing and it's very heavy and dense. Mm. And through the cultivation of the sexual energy, the jing, it becomes chi, you right. know, which we often know like the vi- energy of the vitality of the body. And then through working with the vitality and the chi, then you create the shen or the sort of etheric body. And so if the jing is getting all stuck and stagnant, which most of us know, right? I mean, if you're not cultivating some sexual energy and that could just be in creativity, right? It doesn't always have to be sex or an erotic practice because creativity itself is a kind of erotic practice, procreative practice, right? But if it gets stuck and stagnant, then people, their energy is low, maybe they're more depressed or more in a addictive phase or things like that, that come out when we're not really fully engaging with our whole being. Right. Right. So what would you suggest to somebody who's new to this? Like what would be a good introductory practice to get into sex magic? 
I mean, I guess on the most basic level, it would just be breath and movement, really breathing deeply. Like the three things in Tantra, Tantra will say the three things that move energy are breath, sound and movement. So there's a lot of and like sound with that, you know, and then moving your body, tucking and untucking your pelvis and sort of an erotic gesture, fucking types of movements, right? But also in doing that, you're moving the spinal fluids up and down, you're getting mm. all of your energy flowing. You know, that's pretty much where I started. Um, I took a, a Tantra class with Barbara Corellis, who's an incredible oh, teacher. Yes. I brought her book <laughs> um, as one of my sources. And, you know, she teaches a lot of that. She calls it fire breath orgasm. And that can just be a simple way to just start to feel the energy flowing because you can't really do this if you're not breathing, you're not moving, and you're not making any sound. Right. And again, in our culture, we tend to do a lot of that. We don't want to make too much noise or breathe too much or we look weird or mm -hmm. things like that. You know, to get into sex magic, you got to let all that shit go. Right. <laughs> I also do a lot of body work and rehab stuff. And a lot of people have trouble breathing tend to be shallow breathers in our culture. We breathe from our lungs. We hardly use our diaphragm. And we definitely, the majority are not breathing down into the pelvic floor. Right. So even just feeling your breath in your pelvic floor in and out and feeling like the ability to expand and contract this pelvic floor can be a very deep and meditative and trance-like experience. Yeah. That could be a real simple way to start. Light a candle. That's where I would probably take the beginner beginner. It's so interesting to think about the natural sexual movements that we end up doing as a way of moving our energy around and then to exchange that energy with other people or with spirits. Yeah. Like when you're doing sex magic on your own, mm -hmm. is it necessary? Can you just make that kind of conduit uh, with your own body or is you have to bring in another spirit level to it? I mean, certainly you could just do it on your own, but most of us need a place to put our mind mm -hmm. that's not just necessarily on the breath all the time, be it a fantasy. For me, it used to be more fantasy oriented. And then over time in the sex, these spirit lovers have arrived and I didn't make them up because they wouldn't look like they do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And they sort of morph and change, but they feel very real. I guess one could do this just on their own in a way that they don't bring in other, other energies. But then it's probably not as magical because mm -hmm. it is this sort of alchemical marriage thing that really is what ignites the magical aspects. So in consorting with your spirit lover in a solo practice, the two of you or three or however many are there, <laughs> right, are then coming together to create that third entity. Hmm. Can you tell us about one of your spirit lovers? Yeah, no. No? <laughs> so I thought about that. No, because it's, you know, some things need to stay sacred. Yeah. And secret is akin to sacred. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it may sound silly to someone else. And in that way, it kind of takes some of the energy away yeah. from it. And I respect that completely. Yeah. yeah. And also it could look very different for anybody, you know, right. but I do believe I have two main ones. I believe one is like a star energy and I think one is an earth energy or fae energy. So I can mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. 
You're blowing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a particular practice that you engage in regularly that's a favorite for you? I have a lot of practices, you know, around my health and well-being. Are you talking specifically about sex? Yeah. Over the last three years, I have only had one physical human encounter. Uh, Prior to that, I've had more sex than most people, (laughs) um, for sure. And I've taken this little break, both consciously and unconsciously. It was part pandemic and um, where I am at in my life and my perimenopausal to be menopausal any moment. So it feels like a kind of time, a little cocooning time for me. So in this time, my practice has been relatively similar in that I do it in a magical way. Even if I'm a little quickie, I still will cast a circle, even if it's just a basic thank you to the directions, three minute kind of thing, accessing that energy. And I've done it long enough. I can conjure it quite quickly, but I always cast a circle. Even if I'm not, you know, have some great intention, I'm doing it in sacred space. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminding myself that this is sacred, that sexuality is sacred and not profane as we've been taught so much in our culture. I mean, it might have its profane moments, right? Mm -hmm. But even those can be sacred. In BDSM, we do that all the time. Something that looks quite profane in a sacred context Mm -hmm. is sort of the sacred profane, if you will. Right. Right. Yeah. It always involves breath, energy work, a lot of visualization of energy moving through my body, through the portals, uh, activating the portals, using sound. I do a lot of toning and Mm -hmm. long sounds. I do a lot of connecting my clit to my pineal gland. So a lot of trying to help decalcify the pineal gland, but also activate the pineal. And for people that are not familiar with the pineal gland, it's a tiny gland that they often call the God gland, whereas where DMT comes from. But it's also controls our circadian rhythms. And it looks like a little tiny pine cone. And you know how you see Buddhas with the little tiny pine cones on their head, you know, where they kind of stick out, they almost look like little braided Mm -hmm. things. So that's believed to be pineal glands. Where is this located? Is it in the brain? It's your third eye. Oh, essentially. Really? It's yeah. in the frontal cortex uh-huh. or it's in deeper in the brain? Or? It's a little deeper in okay. the brain. And all the energy portals or chakras are all associated with the endocrine system. Okay. So the crown chakra or crown portal is associated with the pineal gland. So it's kind of like ultimate God vibration energy. Wow. Something that came to mind when you were mentioning that continuing to create sacred space, it makes me think a little bit about this really common issue that people run into in long-term relationships where they're like, oh, it's not really sacred anymore. Like it's not, we're, we're not connecting. It becomes this really sort of rote activity. And it actually makes me wonder if it's somewhat connected to the fact that early when you're connecting with someone with new energy, it's almost ritualistic in mm-hmm. the sense mm-hmm. that you're really making, um, you're creating that intentional space, you know, casting a circle of sorts. And then over time, it just becomes this kind of uh, quotidian kind of endeavor rather than having the same sort of intention behind it. So I love, I mean, I love this idea of 
really thinking about ways that you can create sacred space around all of your sexual practices. And in that way, they sort of become sex magic. Yeah. I mean, even as simple as lighting candles, which is very common, right? For people to light candles when they're going to have a sexual experience. And I think that happens less and less, especially if you're living together, it becomes domestic, which has its own issues, you know, with books and people like Esther Perel, who talks about mating in captivity. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of times people are just laying in bed and they're like, well, should we do it? You know, right. mm-hmm. and not taking even a moment to light a candle or turn on a beautiful light or put something sexy on. And these are all these small rituals that we do much more, like you said, in the courtship phase mm-hmm. you know they're coming over you know you're gonna have sex yeah. you know <laughs> you shave you know you powder whatever you know yeah. like, <laughs> but, the sex oils on the you know and those are really great rituals but we rarely attribute them with sacred or magic we attribute them with passion or love or pleasure but the magic aspect if it's there it's very unconscious and If you have a deep connection with somebody, you might have those kind of portal opening moments where you're like, whoa, where do we go just now? You know, (laughs) I think that can kind of awaken that possibility in people when they've had those kinds of experiences, which I don't know that everybody has. Particularly, it's a heterosexual, heteronormative situation. Because again, sex magic has been in an ancient way, when we're thinking about Sumeria or Babylon in Nana and Ishtar, the magical and sexual and erotic realms would have been in the hands of women, right? Mm. Or maybe trans people or queer people, right? And now in our patriarchal society, you know, men think they're the teachers, but it's so easy for them to get off. And so we need to teach them what we need usually, but there's not a lot of space for that. And there's a lot of, I've experienced in my, like the heterosexual relationships that I've had is pushback on that, like not wanting to take the time or feeling inadequate if I wasn't satisfied with just the old in and out. Right. Even with sex toys, sometimes with people, you know, like, why do you need that? Mm-hmm. Isn't my dick mm-hmm. enough? Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, actually, it's great, but no. <laughs> like, yeah. If you really want me to come, like, I got to get my vibrator out mm-hmm. or I need more foreplay or I need to make some crazy tone trick noises. You know, it's actually very challenging for me to find lovers that can meet me on the level. Especially with all the dom work, you know, 20 years of being a dom, I mean, I'm still a dom lifestyle. You know, when you get to a level, and I hate to use this word, but of mastery, if you will, mm-hmm. then you always end up being the teacher. Yeah. And I'm kind of over that too. Like, yeah. I like teaching other people, but I, I've been the teacher in my relationships so much. And I'm just like, I'm trying to draw in someone who's been doing similar work. But for now, I'm very happy with my spirit lovers. So it's it's okay. Yeah, it sounds like it's working out. We um, We had someone on... Tina Horn, who has done a fair amount of sex work, and she was sharing something similar around, you know, once you're priestessing around, (laughs) there's a pretty low tolerance for coming with questions, at least in terms of your own lovers and people you're engaging with. I love the idea of not just creating a sacred space between other humans, but with yourself and these spirit lovers and everything that even a quick masturbation is going to involve this level of spirituality. 
and sacredness, like really treating that part of your life. And I imagine you treat other parts of your life this way also. But there is something really special about sexuality that is so uncommon in relationship to many other things that we do. So I think that's really wonderful to not let it slip into commonality and banality. Banality. Kind of, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that kind of mundane, the yeah. mundane, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of the sacred and the mundane. And that's why we create sacred space so that we take ourselves out. And that's why, you know, costumes or lighting or all of these things take us out of the mundane into a more fantasy or spiritual or sacred realm. Would you be willing to take us out of the mundane right Mm -hmm. now a little bit? Like, could we do a little ritual? I mean, we don't have to get saucy with each other, but is there anything we could do? I I think we could do a little something. Let's see what, what comes up. Okay. All right. The first thing is to consider an intention. And again, it can be as simple as like, directing the energy towards your heart or towards your healing, towards ease or something like that. So you just want to close your eyes and just connect into your breath. Just noticing the breath in the body and where you can sense the breath in the body. And can you perhaps feel it down into your pelvic floor? The subtle expansion and contraction that happens with the breath. And then we'll start with some grounding and centering. So we create that channel so that we can work with the stars and with the earth. So imagine the place, your perineum, it's called, if you don't know where that is, and you're a person with vaginal opening and an anal opening, it would be right between. And if you're a person with a penis and a, and an anal opening, it would be between. So it's that middle spot. So if you can get a sensation of your perineum and feel it enlivening, energetic, warmth, light, movement, and then let that energy like a root or line of of light, let it drop down inside of the earth. And just feel what that feels like to just sort of plug down into the earth, into the soil below. And let that energy continue deeper as you go down, imagining the mycelium, the richness, sand, rock, bone, crystals. And just keep letting that energy continue down deeper and deeper. And as it continues down, start to sense the radiant energy of the center of the earth. And feel your root yearning towards that connection. And as your root taps into that, feel that enliven this connection that you've created, this root energy beam and take a moment to let go of anything right so negativity limiting beliefs old stories about your sexuality and who you are in that way patriarchal ideas and just let the earth just burn them up regenerate them transform them 
use the alchemy of the earth. And then feel that radiant energy coming back up through your root of those spaces of rock, of sand, of rich earth. And then feel it come back up into your perineum and that light up your pelvic floor. Let it light up your sex organs, your genitals. And let that glow continue up your body and you can move them through the energy portals. So we just brought it into what is known as usually the root. And this is a red color and the portals are a rainbow. And then you can bring it into your second energy portal, which is the sacral portal. And this is an orange or amber color. This is your creativity, your sexual power. And then let it come into the third portal, your power portal, your solar plexus, the energy of the sun. It's yellow in color. And feel that light up with that earth energy. And continue to breathe as you do this, right? Because again, we want the breath here. And if you're at home and you're doing this, you could do some movement, do some sound. And then we continue the energy up into the heart portal, which is green. This love, self-love, love of partner, love of community. And then taking it into the throat, which is your ability to communicate and verbalize, sing and tone. And then bringing it up into the third eye, which is indigo in color. This is your intuition. And then sending it out the top, which is violet and the crown, your connection to the divine. And let that energy continue up into the atmosphere, perhaps it's one chord or many, many, many chords, and allow these chords in your mind's eye to connect with the moon and the sun, planets and the stars. And this is the place of dreams, possibilities, other worlds. And let that twinkling stardust, planetary energy, come back down those tendrils, those branches, those lines of energy, and back down into your body. And once again, taking them down now through those energy portals. And just feeling all of those light up, right, with this earth energy and this stardust energy. And feel how you can become this portal, this conduit between the earth energy and the star energy. And then that practice can then be taken so you can do that while you're touching yourself, right? Uh, gently and as, you know, you move up or you move down, you can increase that energy. And then once you're grounded and centered, what I would do then is I would, if I may cast the circle before or after, but for those of you that are casting a circle, 
It could literally be as simple as just acknowledging the earth and the north, acknowledging the east and the air, the south and the fire, the west and the water, the above, the below, and the center, and so that you feel the elements and the directions here, creating this container space. And this is the place that you really call in the intention or you call in the energies um, because you've created the room for them to be. It'd be like if you invited a guest and you didn't have a guest bedroom, right? Where are they going to be? You need to create this container so that they can say, oh, you created the room for me and now I can come in and sit and be with you or talk to you or fuck you or whatever it is that is going to happen in that space. And, you know, just to give more ideas again, this is the time where sound is very important. And I'm just a big fan of just, you know, toning, which is just, and just letting that sound move through my body and again, create more energy. Um, And then I usually do that very loudly when I'm coming and really, again, try to feel that vibrating of of all of the endocrine lands and portals. Yeah, and then when I come, I try to really keep the intention in my body, in my heart, in my mind, or shoot it out the top of my head, or shoot it down into the earth or put it back into myself and then kind of revel in that because again a lot of times we come and we start cleaning up or something (laughs) feel that and being in a place of gratitude around it gratitude for the experience and for the magic that's happening and then closing the circle which is again going counterclockwise. So I start in the north, which would be the north and the earth, the west and the water, the south and the fire, the east and the air, the above and the below. Wow. Wow. Places again. <laughs> I have this, um, I've talked about it on the podcast maybe once. I have this energetic block that I think I will now go back to this practice and listen to it because I I've told Robin it was only when I was pregnant that I really felt a connection to my, it's not so much that I can't get into my root. It's that between the solar plexus and the root, it feels like an energetic dead zone. And there was something about, I've never, first of all, your reframing grounding is so juicy. Like I, it was so alive for me and warm and the other element that really spoke to me is like I've done a lot of grounding where like I pull earth energy in but that creating the line and pulling the star energy to mix with it feels like it gets uh, what was the word that you used in the beginning to describe your early feelings of fluttery fluttery yes yes I was like oh This like warmth and fire mixed with kind of the fluttery star energy is really, really good. 
But I felt in that grounding practice, there was just a little bit of breaking through that rock wall that I have there Mm. in that energetic dead zone. And so I'm really excited to do a little bit more exploration of that. I would also encourage you to connect with your sacrum. And sacrum comes from the word sacred. And like in Kundalini, it's where the coiled serpent. So this is like deeper sex magic stuff when you're talking about sort of Kundalini energy. So sort of seeing, really feeling that sacral bone and the energy Mm -hmm. there too and how it connects to your spine. There are practices where you move that serpent like so the caduceus, which is a uh, caduceus, caduceus, it's the symbol, the medical symbol, right? That we all know so well. And that is essentially Kundalini energy, right? Hmm. The serpents crossing and that line, that post in the middle is your spine or the shooting of the, the energy. And then it usually has the wings, right? So it's like, it's the way to liberate the kundalini, which is a health practice. Wow. And so maybe something for you around kundalini or again, connecting to your sacrum, working through some of this, like moving that energy in that way. If you connect to serpents, that's great because that's Mm -hmm. kind of, it is this serpentining energy. I am not a practitioner of kundalini yoga or any kind of yoga. I use that word because, you know, the understanding comes from that. But that energy can be called anything. Just name it for yourself. But you feel it when you connect into it because it's spinal to your brain, brain to crotch, crotch to brain. You know what I mean? Like it is that channel of the energy. And it actually does help, again, cognitive and energy and blood flow and all of that kind of stuff to visualize that energy moving. I love it. Thank you. Are there any resources that you'd want to share? Where can people find you or get into this sort of thing? Books to read? What would you suggest? You know, I haven't found a lot of amazing books on this topic, but I brought a couple of books that are a couple of good starter books for people. Urban Tantra by Barbara Corrales. The book for me is a little dated, maybe a little 90s. Mm. For me, some of the language doesn't appeal to me, but the practices are solid and she's amazing. And um, I've taken a couple of workshops with her in the past and just feel really lucky to be turned on to that. So that's Urban Tantra, uh, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century. And she talks about sex magic and using it for healing. And it's very simple to use. I've also brought this very simple book from a group called Pagan Portals that I just recently got and the Web Path Center. It's called Sacred Sex and Magic. And it's super basic, but it's really kind of what we just talked about. And even though it's new to me, it was very affirming because the practice Mm. that they do is so similar to what I've been doing. And then a third book that I brought, which is more advanced and way more esoteric and gets way deep into sort of ancient sexuality and how different powers that be have held this from us and have purposely destroyed this information Mm. because it's so empowering because it's so powerful that is called the sacred sex rites of ishtar shamanic sexual healing and sex magic and that's by annie de la i think that's how you'd say that um i don't agree with all of that she says either she's got some weird ideas about gender and some other things that i'm you know but it feels like that's the case for a lot of this stuff and then for taoism montauk chia is probably one of the best known teachers for taoist practices 
Um, I learned the clench and hold from him, which I think I also taught you Mm -hmm. in Max, Mm -hmm. um, which is a practice of kind of an edging practice where you Mm -hmm. get to the edge of orgasm and then you tighten up every muscle and you swallow and you roll your eyes back in your head and you hold it as long as you can and then start up again. And if you do that a number of times, your orgasm will definitely expand. Uh, the energy builds the energy. It's like one of those containers where you just hold the energy in so much that it becomes super sparkly or almost explosive or something Mm. like that. Another teacher, Carla Tara, I don't know if she teaches anymore, but she was a teacher for me. Annie Sprinkles, Sluts and Goddesses is actually a really kind of great video to watch for the real beginner just to get inspired and goofy and wild and just claim it. Yeah. She's always inspiring. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. And I, I'm very much like her too. I'm a, I'm an eco-eroticist. Mm. Like I very much have erotic experiences in nature. Well, this has been amazing. You've blown my mind. <laughs> I have a lot of research to do now and time to spend with myself in the earth. Mm. Find some spirit. What did you call them? Just your spirit lovers. Spirit lovers. Your spirit lovers. Yeah, you got to go meet yeah, them. I'm interested. And they, and they may not come in as a persona. It might just be a feeling yeah. or a sensation too. You know, like mm. it might be an animal. It might be, I mean, there's so many ways that that can show up for different people. Might be a demon. Mm. Wow. <laughs> not against demons. A fairy. Yeah. Or a bunch of fairies. Oh. <laughs> Well, we saved this conversation as our finale to season one and Wild, you have delivered. (laughs) This was really magical. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm really grateful. And so to find me, I do this pretty privately for Mm -hmm. the most part, but on my Instagram, um, I am at Anastasia Brada and you can find my movement practices and some of my ceremonial practices there. My more erotic Instagram is Witch Wild with an E, like Oscar Wilde. I am developing a workshop on this that I'm doing kind of a, you know, workshopping the workshop next week with a, a group of wild people in Joshua Tree. And they're going to help me sort of hone it. And then if it goes well, I think I might do it on Zoom because I think it'd be really interesting because people can turn off their cameras and they can either do it fully clothed and in a kind of not overtly sexual way, or they could get naked and try this stuff with themselves. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that's, that's in development at this point, but cause I am re- recognizing that we need this or some of us need this. I mean, all of us could use it. And the person that wrote the sacred sex rights of Ishtar did say that she believes that a lot of the violence mm-hmm. and like deep perversions, you know, things like pedophilia and whatnot, are because we have had this sacred element taken. And um, so it it has just distorted sexuality, especially for men, mm-hmm. and, and ha- doesn't have a context or a place to channel that energy. So it becomes destructive. And, you know, I think it's something to consider. It may not be the whole story, but um, I think there's something to that. So more love, yeah, more sex, more magic. Okay, so my mind has been thoroughly blown out the top of my head and into the universe and then the stars are raining back down into it. And I, I, I kept feeling really at a loss for words during that 
interview because it was just everything she was talking about was so literally cosmic and magic on a level that she just takes it to a whole other level. And I didn't know how to talk about it. I was stumbling and stuttering at times, just being like, what? Uh, I, that's amazing. I just kept saying like, wow, and fantastic. And that's incredible because it's so next level, literally, from what I've even considered. Yeah, she did not disappoint. I mean, I have all the star energy still tingling and flowing through my body. Mm -hmm. It feels so good. I'm definitely going to return to that practice that she shared with us. And what a generous gift to give us and the listeners. Thank you so much. Okay, I have a few things, takeaways. One was I found a lot of what she shared to be really affirming. There were some concepts that were really new to me, like the level at which she practices is like you're saying, so cosmic. And then there were also some things that I was like, oh, this has been a practice that I've engaged in. And like, how awesome to see it reflected back from someone who just is light years beyond me in their magical practice. And that felt really like heartwarming to be like, oh, I know that I like these things that I've developed and have been called to do are really effective for me, but it's not necessarily something that someone who is actively priestessing is, you know, saying like, no, this is a really valid practice. And I, um, I appreciated that a lot. Irony. Yeah. I mean, well, one of the last things she described was the, I think, Taoist process of bringing in as much breath as you can into your body and really holding it there. You know, there's ways to do this that I've seen for edging, but for me, I'm so naturally drawn in sex to bring in breath and bring in breath and bring in breath. Like my body just wants to be oxygenated. And Mm. when I can like create that container where then I seal it in and just like really go inward and release it out with vocalization and then bring it back in and hold it tight. It does this thing to my orgasm where it just really explodes it through. Like I can feel everything so much more intensely and I, it feels like it gives me this mastery of my orgasm. Wow. I can have this orgasm at any time and I'm choosing to really manipulate it and play with it so that when like I finally experience it. It's everything I want it to be. Holy shit. So that's just kind of like a thing that's developed over time. And particularly I'd say during through like through my sex with Andrea that I, I do that more and more. There was something else that she was describing, which is, I can't remember if she was talking about it as a tantric technique, but thinking about using like the sexual energy in your body, sound, breath, and movement. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that's totally my trifecta right there. And then with the movement piece, I was thinking about how for me, if I need to build arousal and I undulate, so like I start, and maybe it's the, the, the like snake serpentine Mm. energy that she's talking about maybe I need to start connecting it to that a little bit more maybe in some other areas of my life to deal with this blockage that I have but I'll create almost like a serpentine like 
thrusting, if I am having a hard time getting connected into my body, that's something that really builds heat. The way that that practice started for me is because I was doing some research on arousal and actually there is a physiological connection between hip thrusts. They send a message to your brain, like get ready for sex because we are Mm. actually wired for pleasure and arousal and, you know, it's part of our uh, reproductive system and all of that. So That was how I kind of came to that practice is learning that there is this, I don't know if it's the reward system or just like pleasure pathway, that if you start thrusting, your brain goes, oh, you're having sex. I should (laughs) send all the blood flow and the juices and all the things to your genitals so that we can create a good environment for you know, procreation. It's so interesting how what we're doing with our bodies can then inform what our bodies are going to do. And I do think that's like the energetic link. Just us thinking about what she was talking about with the energy going down to the core of the earth and coming up and shooting out and everything. Because we're thinking about it, we're activating parts of the body mm-hmm. and whether or not the energy is actually going down to the earth and shooting up into the stars and coming back to us, it can feel like that that is happening mm-hmm. and you make the reality in that way. And I think that's the magic where you're combining the thoughts, the body, the breathing, the movement, and you are moving the energy around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that other piece that she was talking about in terms of the container, I think that magic without a container sort of dissipates, whereas like the Mm. container allows you to act like it's sort of like the breath, right? When you're holding it, you're like creating this container that increases the potency of the orgasm. I think that the container helps increase the potency and then the intention is the thing that really directs it and then your actions are the thing that manifests it. Mm. When we were doing that exercise, I forgot about my intention. And Mm. after the fact, I was like, oh, right, I had that really cool intention. And I feel like actually when you first start doing a practice, the intention, I don't want to say should because that's... No, do whatever the fuck you want. But in my case, I will say, I think when I start a practice, my intention needs to be, I would like to get to know this practice. Yeah, I want to get familiar with you. And that's my intention because I realized that the intention that I set was kind of lofty. And I think the lofty intentions are maybe next level. Whereas initially it's just like, oh, hey, let me get to know you. I lost my intention as well. I was just very into what she was saying and being in my body and feeling the feels. Let me tell you, that spirit lover thing blew my fucking mind. Yeah. I I was not expecting that. Uh -uh. That was new. I completely respected that she doesn't want to say who they are and what they're all about and everything. But that was the most fascinating part to me where I was like, I want a spirit lover. I really appreciated her at least being open to share the concept because I feel like there are a few people I'm going to call like as soon as this. I mean, I'm going to text them actually because I don't call people (laughs) to be like, you have to listen to this because I think that this is going to 
be really good for you. Because I was like, oh, wow. wow, that's that really takes the practice of solo play, of staying really connected to the sexual energy in the cosmos and not having to tie your sexuality to a partner like that just takes that whole concept to or a whole even new humans level. yeah yeah i love it it's beyond humanity yeah i'm just like the fuck yeah, that was so wonderful cool. yeah so you feel like you know some people that maybe are having spirit lover experiences but wouldn't necessarily define it in that way no i think that there are some people that i know who would like to be having more sex and are programmed like i am to think of sex as being something that is really entirely like a physical manifestation mm. and that opening up this concept of engaging with the other energy as not necessarily having to be in this world, that that might really expand their sexual practices. It really keys into this idea of living in abundance also, mm -hmm. of there is all of this stuff you can access spiritually, sexually, all of it is is right there if you frame it in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. There was one concept that she raised, which came up in your ritual that you and Max did with Wild uh, Sigils. Mm hmm. Yeah. Do you want to say how what the sigil was? And because I don't know that everyone's going to know what a sigil is. I didn't know that much about it. You had made a video about sigils that I that was the first time I had ever heard them. But she brought these runes that I think were supposed to be Nordic in origin. Mm -hmm. So it's these different shapes that have different kinds of meaning to them. I selected the runes that I felt were closest to my intention. And then each shape I combined into its own new shape. And that was the sigil. It's like a semi-geometric line drawing that we ended up painting on each other in oh, the cool. sex magic ritual. And yeah. I kept it on for a while. I was like, I don't want to. I mean, we didn't paint it. It was markers. So it didn't necessarily wash off that easily. And it was nice to have that marking. No, that's cool. I like that she used runes. I've learned about sigils uh, using letters. Mm. So you write an intention. You can write a whole sentence. You can write a few words. Really, as much as you can, pare it down so it's really focused to as few words as possible. Mm -hmm. And then you remove the vowels you remove any of the repeating consonants mm. and you're left with a few consonants and then you configure those consonants into a shape. And, that's and now that symbol has the potency of your intention. I like that. And you can like meditate on it while you're masturbating. You can put it on your bedside table. You can put it on an altar, like whatever ways that you practice magic, but basically that it's been the container of your intention. I love it. It's a visual representation of your intention. You're not mm -hmm. reading a language you learned after you'd already been on the earth for six years. You're just, you created a symbolic intention that you can just visually access. 
Yeah. And I think the idea around it is that it gets into your subconscious, mm, right? Because yep. symbols, you know, our brain processes symbols in a, in a different way than we do language. Yeah. So it's like all those things that she was describing of like getting out of your thinking mind yeah. and into your body. And uh, there is, I mean, so many good avenues to explore from the yeah. things that Wilde shared that toning, yeah sigils, tantra, kundalini energy, Taoist practices. I know I'm missing some, but oh my gosh, she studied so much and then really took what what speaks to her and has a really just mind-blowing sexual practice, magic practice. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. I think it's a great way to close out this season. Such an incredible finale. Yeah. to this season. And I feel really good about leaving it there for a minute, you know? Yeah. And letting that really set in for folks. I would love to hear from listeners how that ritual affected them. If you felt something from that, if you're utilizing that practice. Yeah. Please send us your stories, your fuck yeahs, what you thought about that practice, anything that you emailed to us between now and season two, when we come back, we would love to share, you know, live, quote unquote, on the podcast. So be in touch. We're at fyapod at gmail.com or at fuckyapod on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. And let us know who you would like on the show. Maybe it's you. <laughs> maybe it's yeah. um an educator or someone you know or whoever that has a really interesting story or perspective we're here for all the all the learnings and all the feels yeah we really can't wait to come back for season two we have a i just pulled it up i'm looking at it now i mean this list of potential guests who we're going to be reaching out to is bigger than my phone screen. So <laughs> it's um, it's going to be really good, y'all. Yeah. We can't wait to see you again on the pod in six weeks. Fuck yeah. Knocking them out of the park. Fuck Yeah podcast is produced and hosted by me, Sarah Tom Chesson, and Robin Jennings. Theme music is produced and performed by she, her, sir. You can find out more about what we're up to at fuckyeahpod.com or reach out directly at fyeahpod at gmail.com. If you're enjoying the pod, give us a hand. Rate review, subscribe, wherever you listen, and make sure to share it with a few friends. Thanks so much for tuning in.